Hello everyone, I'm Rania Kalik and this is Dispatches. The Russian invasion of Ukraine caught Russians and Ukrainians by surprise in a move that had been dismissed by most of them as well as by most experts. Ukrainian propaganda has been very effective. While the Russians have not only struggled in their media war, they've had trouble even getting their narrative out given the control the West has over social media, the internet, and the airwaves. Meanwhile, the left both within Russia and internationally is fractured. Despite disagreements, we can all agree that we oppose Western provocations and escalations. Here at Breakthrough News, we've emphasized the US and NATO role in provoking this crisis, which is precisely what the Western media has tried to obscure in the rush to war. And we've had on many voices from different segments of the left. One of those voices joining me from the Russian left is Alexei Saknin, an activist, a former political refugee, a journalist, and a historian of modern Russian history and society, with a PhD focused on debates about the Soviets within the Bolshevik party. Alexei, welcome back Hello. to the show. <laughs> Hello. So I wish we were here to talk about something a little less uh, bleak than what's going on right now, but I guess let's just jump right into it. Aside from the internal goals, what are the goals in Ukraine? Do you think Russia can occupy Ukraine or establish a friendly government in Ukraine? Is that what one of the goals of the people who decided to do this is? You know, I was one of those millions of um, uh, watchers and uh, experts and so on, so on, who did not believe that they would attack at, at the end, at the last mm. hours. Because right. it's, a, it's just common sense. One of the reasons is not even bloody crimes and victims of that uh, aggressive war. Uh, rational reason for our regime is that they have no any administrative opportunities to manage Ukraine. They do, do not have thousands of loyal bureaucrats. Right. They do not have enough army to occupy Ukraine. They probably believed they they are victims of their their own propaganda. Their propaganda for eight years described picture that Ukraine is just a failed state. Mm -hmm. They they believed that Ukraine would collapse after first day of attack. But West for eight years armed Ukrainian army, and now and. Before 24th of uh, February, Ukraine was kind of failed state and society was split and demoralized. But that attack mobilized society, united, and even that half of population or third part of population which sympathized Russia just a week ago now is going as a volunteers to the um, uh, people's militia, armed militia, and resist against Russian tanks. So with that bloody attack, Putin made the uh, the, the uh, border between Russian and Ukrainian peoples, the huge hole full of blood. So, so and it's, it's already done. Yeah. And because of Putin do not trust in any subjects except 
face except secret services and armies and big money. He didn't thought about public reaction in Ukraine and he didn't thought and his nearest circle didn't thought about people's reaction in Russia. The civil part of oligarchy, the civil part of uh, dictatorship, of regime, did not believe as well. They were, they didn't knew that Russia will start a big war. Because th- that's why civil part and propaganda apparatus as a part of that of that part did not prepare any propagandistic narrative. There is no any mobilization even between the loyal part of society. There is no any suggestion to Ukrainian people. There is no any suggestion for Russians. Except that one hour strange historical lecture, extreme conservative and ultra-right lecture, there is no any explanation why Russian military um, flights and tanks should destroy biggest cities in Europe. There is no any description. No any mobilization in society. That war is n- totally not popular war. Just because of they didn't think about people. People so does not exist him. in those worldview. The militias and anti-Russian forces are often described, in Ukraine are often described as neo-Nazis. Was this true before the invasion? Is it true now? Can you explain to our audience the neo-Nazi elements in Ukraine and how much power they have? That was part of true before 24th of February. It was quite a big part of true. Mm-hmm. So to 2014, Ukrainian oligarchy and government mobilized extreme right marginals and transformed they, them to... Uh, weapon uh, force, quite strong one. There was impossible to put in prison person who killed just uh, another person on the street just because of he was part of that uh, far right militia. Wow. So they was quite, quite uh, influenced force in Ukrainian society. Mm. But um, how much are they? It's it's few thousands few thousands of uh, militarized uh, soldiers. It's enough to scare weak Ukrainian power to force it, you know, to take into account that patriotic um, uh, size, that patriotic party. But it's a long, long far away from Ukrainian society. And now voluntary mobilization to... Uh, people's militia, the militia of defense, is uh, thousands of thousands of people, and Russian invasion is argument of very nationalistic and patriotic and nationalistic mobilization, which delete the distance between patriotism and uh, nationalism. Putin gave gave presented indulgence, you know. He deleted all thieves of Ukrainian nationalists, of American imperialists, who could not dream that Russia would jump in that, you know, what hunters use against animals. When Putin uh, spoke about uh, geopolitical threats to Russia, 
he was Hitlerist. It was Hitlerist lie. Because now all the real threats became much, much bigger. So uh, American rockets, American ballistic rockets were staying in Czechia and Poland. Now they would be everywhere around Russian borders. Now it's believable that Ukraine would be part of NATO after Russia would lose the war. So Putin make all real threats, geopolitical threats, much bigger and dangerous. Putin destroyed positions of all peacemakers in the West, in all the world. All, all people like me, all those leftists, peacemakers, pacifists, uh, even centrists, even, you know, uh, in Sweden, for example, there are uh, neutral conservatives who are against NATO. Now they are all defeated. They're all defeated. Now we have proof that Putin is crazy, bloody aggressor, and he is. So the geopolitical reasons could not be taken in account when we are speaking about reasons of Russian dictatorship. And now we have full dictatorship. We have real military censorship. Almost all oppositional papers and TV channels are closed officially. Facebook almost doesn't work without special soft. Uh, and we and the authorities threaten us that everyone who would uh, spread fake news about Ukraine would get 20 years of prison as a national traitors. And uh, fake is everything what is not part of official presentations of Russian military of defense. You know, the most important argument of uh, governmental propaganda is, okay, peacemakers, why you were silent for eight years when it was blood in Donbass? And me, I never was silent. I was speaking about that. I lose career in Sweden. I was accused that I am Putin's spy in Sweden. I was not silent. And that thousands of us and left people here was not silent. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. Everything you're saying is, um, you know, I can't argue with it. And I think it's hard for a lot of Western leftists to hear because so often, like you just said, I mean, you were accused in the West of being a Putin agent or a Putin spy because of your opinions on what, what the West was supporting in Donbass. And then now, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I can't imagine the position you're in because it's like you have to play this balancing act where you don't want to play I'm into the Western. I'm just waiting for arrest. I'm waiting for well, arrest. Right. I understand. No, and it's 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 terrible the situation you're caught in because. At the same time, there's all this anti-Russian sentiment in the West that's being directed actually at you. Like you're suffering the consequences of this with the sanctions that are coming down on Russia. So in the West, you know, we don't want to play into those narratives that are pushing this anti-Russia hostility and hysteria. But at the same time, I think we do need to be honest about this massive miscalculation. Now they're killing thousands of people. And they're starting to create so fucking dictatorship here as living generations never saw. That is tragically. And what is going on with the left is just total repeat of 1914. There are left parties 
in Europe, they now vote for more sanctions and uh, war to the last of Ukrainian. In Russia, unfortunately, after 17 years, I left the left front because the left front, unfortunately, together with the Communist Party, supported that bloody war with rhetoric, you know, shit. But any case, they supported just minority, 20% minority. On what, what's their reasoning? What's their reasoning for supporting it? Why? Because, uh, how they explain, you mean? Yeah. Uh, because we are against fascists and the Ukrainian government are fascists uh, or near to fascists. And we supported the will of uh, Donbass people and all that blah, blah, blah. Because the central fact is, fact, central fact is, Russian military plans and Russian tanks and Russian artillery now destroying the biggest cities of Europe, Kharkov and Kiev and also Kherson and also Militopol and everywhere else. Not It's not a civil war anymore in Ukraine. Now it's invasion, which have no any excuses, no moral, no political, no class reasons. I mean, of course, plus reasons from point of view of Russian oligarchy will to keep power and right. property. So Putin unite Ukraine on the worst possible ideology and agenda. Now it looks, now Ukrainian patriotism, even in my eyes, looks much better. They appeal to Stalingrad. They appeal to experience of the great patriotic war not to Ukrainian nationalists who fight on uh, German side, but to Soviet experience now. Putin and war is the same now. But Ukrainians and Europeans and Americans should understand that it's the same all over the world. We should not repeat the tragedy of 1914 full in full. You know, we should not support our governments. We should not support, and like, what the, uh, as I said, in Russia, that war is not popular. It's not popular. Nobody won the war. The first day of war, I uh, went to the street. Sociology does not exist in, under the war. But I just walk along the street and ask 40 people, what do you think? And there was just one who said some patriotic words and then, but rubble would be nothing, but life would be terrible. Our government made many mistakes. And all other 39 or something, they said, it's just catastrophe. Terrible, terrible catastrophe. Problem that people could not put that stuff, that what had happened in those moral coordinates and to call those own country aggressor, it's very difficult. Where we, our main national heritage is that we stop the bloodiest and ter most terrible war in the history. Now we became the place of aggressor. It's impossible to put in your head, even if Russian army would win now, then Ukraine would be Russian Afghanistan second time. Yeah. It would be social disaster, which, which would stimulate all most radical nationalistic forms of resistance. West, Western imperialists would use it as a, how do you call it, uh, hunter's stuff, uh, 
to keep Russia bleed. Weak. They say to to bleed Russia. That's what they say. To, to bleed to, Russia. To bleed Russia. That's what they say. Yeah. And uh, just usual people from our two unlucky nations would pay by blood, by poverty, unemployment, inflation, short life, unhappy life, for that fucking imperialistic games. That war in general is impossible to win. But it could be years, it could take years, if people of the world will not create the democratic, anti-imperialistic, peaceful movement, anti-war movement. I'm curious how people are reacting to the impact of these sanctions, because these sanctions are quite severe. Um, and, you know, I've I have Russian friends who have told me, you know, they're worried this is going to be worse than the 90s. So what's the mood about the economic impact of what is happening to Russia right now? It's already quite huge. During a week, rubble loses 50% of its value. We always uh, fighting with uh, Turkey lira for the role the worst valuta, worst currency in the world. Now we won. <laughs> uh, rubble cost double less than it costed just one week ago. Uh, prices in the shops growing up extreme fast. Russia is very involved in transnational trade and transnational economy. There is nothing, almost nothing, what is 100% Russian. Even for military plans, they used uh, details made uh, in other countries. So, these sanctions would affect Russia very hard. And people are in panic. More or less, as your friend said, it's objectively that uh, it's new 90s coming. And it's a bit funny because the main... I know what you're going to say. main promise of that regime was 90s, never again. We guarantee you two things, stability and no war. No war and stability. And now we have both. Much more than we can eat. That's really terrible. And it, I mean, there's nothing. It sounds to but me there is a like... Hope. There is a oh, hope. That's where I it, wanted to it's, go. <laughs> it's a ch- chance for people's movement. And people's movement, if it appears against scaring, against fear, against propaganda, against dictatorship, if it appears, would create all progressive movements and then uh, projects and but we need solidarity we need to show it's not war of all world against you russians do you fear that this could escalate outside of ukraine and russia like this could escalate you you've got the you got nato talking about you got western leaders talking about funding an insurgency in ukraine that would likely be trained and armed in nearby countries like Poland, which does risk escalation between a NATO country and Russia. I mean, that's a real possibility here. I hope it doesn't happen, but 
if there are voices in the West that are pushing for this, do you foresee the possibility of some sort of broader European war as a result of this? Everything is possible now. Yes. Uh, many speculation about this. We will see the nuclear bomb is a big factor and that probably only one distance between 1914 and 2020-22 is a nuclear bomb. So we will see, but I believe we will see very soon Caribbean crisis number two, mm. at least. I hope it would not finish with the end of the game for all of us. On that note, Alexei, thank you so much for joining me. Yes, thank you very much.